0: My new life Irritability
1: Menopausal ladies, make some noise
0: Yes, yes So is she God's sweaty thighs
1: Oh, I love it, I love it After the show, let's meet outside Take our cardies off And put them back on And talk about who we'd like to kill Because
0: a hot flush comes Memory goes, mood is high, then it's low.
1: Because we're not people-pleasers anymore, are we? I find it really easy now to access my rage. It's adorable.
0: Thank goodness for the laughs from Michelle Accord, because otherwise you'd cry. Well, sometimes you do anyway. If you suffer from any or all of these symptoms and more, you'll know what I'm talking about. Terrible anxiety. Insomnia. Joint pain,
2: muscle pain, tinnitus, dry skin, pesky little
3: chin hairs making themselves present. The big thing is I thought I had dementia. I couldn't think properly. I'm a communicator and words would totally escape me. I would, you know, walk into a room and and I think, why did I even come in here? How does it feel? Terrifying. Absolutely
0: terrifying. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and today on The Detail, welcome to menopause. When a woman stops having her period, and that does topsy-turvy things to her mind and body, it all sounds dreadful. But there's another side to this that we're only just starting to hear about.
2: The 50s are a power decade for women. I reckon if we can work out this menopause thing, we are in the best positions in our lives to become the architects of lives we want
0: the global market in books self-help videos medicines and potions for menopause is expected to be worth more than 30 billion dollars by 2026 but just how do you deal with it in the workplace well for a start don't ignore it says Kate Billing
2: like I would dare an organization to say no to doing something about this I really do
0: Billing heads an Auckland-based company called Blacksmith that runs leadership programmes for chief executives, human resources bosses, etc. She resisted including menopause in her programmes until it happened to her. I
2: think everybody that you will speak to who's doing anything visibly in this space has come to it because of something in their personal experience. And I think perhaps where I might differ is that I don't have horror stories of it and I know there are a lot of wonderful women out there who have had truly terrible experiences both symptomatically but also how that experience may not have been supported in their workplace that has you know been the trigger for them to start this work. My experience is that I'm part of the messy middle of the 50 to 60% of women who have what I call mild to moderate. Now, you know, you, you have to be the judge of that. A mild to moderate symptoms. But there are 34 to 44 of the little buggers, uh, depending on whose list you look at. And them matting up together is still a super unpleasant experience. So mine started with my first night sweat in the middle of winter, You know, seven, nearly eight years ago. I was about 45. I woke up. uh, It was, I've been in the shower and my clothes wet. And I just didn't know what was going on. So I started doing a bit of research um, and discovered, to my horror, this thing called perimenopause, which so when I I talk to women um, about it, now many of them don't know and haven't heard of it. And that's the five to ten years before you actually have menopause. Yeah, she's a long, uncomfortable journey. So, it's my experience has been over the past seven or eight years a growing awareness of the range of symptoms I'm experiencing and joining them together as a story. Whereas I might previously have looked at them, particularly in the last two years, and have not connected the dots. Doing this research around it led me to understand how they were part of the whole estrogen, you know, endocrine system, which is in upheaval through, through this time in our lives. So that meant, particularly with the arrival of COVID, um, and as a business owner, what, and stress makes it all worse, meant that it kicked off in a huge way two years ago, which is what really got me looking at this and saying, hang on a second.
0: And you call that moderate? That sounds but I think it sounds
2: extreme to me. <laughs> it is When you line it all up, it sounds, you know, it's a laundry list, right? Yeah. Like many women, particularly women who are what I call midlife achievers, so we're ambitious, we've worked hard, we've muscled through things, we've kept up appearances, we've built our careers, built businesses, built family. Grand families, supported partners. We're now looking after our parents' work, if they're still independent, my parents are still very independent. God love them. Um, but you know, you're more mindful. You have attention on what their needs might be, particularly through this time of supporting them. There's all sorts of stuff going on there think you just go, "I'll oh, we'll just suck it up, tough it out." So I think, and it's one of the the reasons for me that I I want to be part of this conversation about menopause because I represent, I think, the majority of experience, not the one in four women who are completely sidelined, go to their doctor or a specialist and get help. Mm-hmm. Or the other 25% who sort of sail through it and suddenly go, oh yeah, it's right, I haven't had a period for a while. There's a bunch of us in the middle who I think are suffering a lot more than we need to. And there are a lot of risks associated with not thinking it's
0: bad enough to do something about it or get help. As you're going through this, and as you say, you, know, you have your own business and you are dealing with high-level people, executives yeah. and people like that. Have you had any experiences yourself where you've been in a, a meeting where something has hit you? A menopausal oh, symptom yeah. has hit you. Well
2: one of the one of the really fun uh, symptoms that I developed, which I completely freaked me out the first time it happened, I thought I might have been having a stroke, was this thing called visual migraines. And you get in one eye, it's funny zigzag shapes, it's a bit like a kaleidoscope or something, and it starts small, and it grows over a period of about an hour to cover the entire vision of that eye. I find it really screws with me. Not only is your vision going, but your attention's on the fact it's going, and then your depth perception's going, and I can't see half the room. And you know, all of the work we do, is sit, people sit in a circle, they don't sit at tables, and, and it's facilitations you've got to have your attention on the whole group and I might be trying to read something (laughs) at the same time the first time it happened I was I just working out what was going on how to keep my shit together in the midst of it and not let the group know that anything was going on was really difficult
0: why wouldn't you let the group know well because I didn't know Oh, you didn't understand? I didn't understand was... what was
2: going on. And I think this is one of the big things for me about the whole menopause in the workplace situation is I think we're at the very beginning of women beginning to wake up to this experience. You know, Gen X are arriving into this stage of life as the women we are and going, hang on a cotton and second, or much stronger words to that effect – And, and, you know, there's there's a rising tide globally about this, but I don't think we understand enough about what's happening to us yet, which is one of the reasons I think it's... I'm I'm cautious about saying workplace... telling workplaces what they need to Mm. be doing because I don't think women know what... We don't know what's going on and what we need
0: Let's go to Anna Thomas now. She's a broadcaster,
3: a friend and colleague. The worst thing is not knowing when it's going to be over. You know, just when you think you, maybe you don't have a period for you know, months and then suddenly you get it again. You think and you, that usually they say you're through menopause after a year of no periods. Um, so you get to three or four months you think, oh, OK, I'm going well, and then suddenly you get another period. Oh. And then it starts all over again. So you're
0: telling me stuff that I don't even know because I haven't bothered to um, do enough
3: research on it. Well, no one talks about it, do they? No, no one And my, certainly my mother, um, I mean, it was just never talked about um, in my mother's generation or even maybe 10, you know, women 10 years older than me, they never talked about it. So that is one really great thing to, to happen over the last, I, I suppose, year, two years maybe. Everyone is starting to talk about it now. So do you feel like, you know,
0: you're, you're almost part of this vanguard of, of women who are willing to go public about something that, well, traditionally we've felt embarrassed
3: or ashamed of? Absolutely, and when you look at it, and still, sometimes I feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about it because it's, it's, it's around, you know, you're admitting you're getting old. Is your purpose on this earth done, completed, because, you know, you've procreated I've supplied the world with my children. I um what, you know, what use is there for me and no one kind of likes to admit that they're getting old and and uh they're drying up actually. <laughs> physically drying up in all senses of the word but of course now the more I read and the more I find out about it that actually this is this is the second part of our life and this can be really good for us you know we've got so much to give once we go through this and this next part of our life our our wisdom and our experience and Well, now I'm talking about it more. You know, my family has more of an understanding about it. My friends have more of an understanding about it. That um, we can get our kids, our our daughters, the young women of this world, so they can prepare a little better.
1: I love it. You're not supposed to talk about it, which obviously to me is like a red rag to a bull. And I realise that's an ironic metaphor.
3: (laughs) The first indication was my lack of ability to sleep. I would be waking 12 times in the night and I would fall back to sleep, but I wouldn't get into that really deep REM sleep. And and so I would have to get up in the morning and it would be like walking through sludge or treacle trying to get through the day. And I found myself, you know, slapping my face to try and wake up. And I went to see the doctor and she said, well, you know, it's probably um, perimenopause. Um, We'll try you on. HRT uh, which I did do and and that um, seemed to help things a bit and then there are other things things like I thought I needed a hip replacement because my hips suddenly were really sore and walking anywhere and exercising and then I read that you know this is a really common symptom I haven't had night sweats or day sweats or See, I can't even think of the word now.
0: <laughs> okay. Hot flashes. Thank you. Hot or flashes. Hot flashes. Yeah. Do you think because of these different physical changes, the lack of sleep and forgetting things,
3: has that sort of changed your mood? Oh, absolutely. As yes, it kind of went on, that's when I thought there's something really bad going on here and I do those online tests for dementia and I do fine yeah 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 absolutely but when you don't sleep the effect of of not getting a decent night's sleep is is horrific and I'm a really positive upbeat sort of person and um, I would find myself getting into these real slumps and you know not that pleasant to be around for my family, my poor, poor long-suffering family.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of irony involved. Uh, I have finally reached a point where I can wear white pants with complete confidence, but also old enough to know that that's a terrible idea, so I don't do that.
0: What is it like for you? I mean, you have had such a great career. As you say, you're a communicator, and if you, if you do forget a word, or you, you've had such a terrible sleep, but you've got to go into this meeting... And
3: communicate. How does it feel? Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. You know, there's nothing worse than suddenly, you know, being struck. When you're live on radio... And and you can't even think of a question to ask or you can't follow the conversation or, or you lose a word, a ba- really basic word. It's terrifying. And so every time I, I turn that microphone on, I I get really scared. Am I going to stuff it up? What helps me is I have cue cards. So I prepare a bit better now just in case I, I get hit by this... Uh, blank? Blank. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. And sometimes some of the meetings and some of the contract jobs I do... Um, I will have some really good notes taken down in case I suddenly think, oh, what am I saying? What am I doing here? But Have you ever fronted up and said, look, I'm going through menopause and I'm just struggling at the moment? Recently, um, in one of my jobs, I have been able to say, oh, I can't think of this word, sorry, menopause, and what's the It response. depends the situation. Mm. Uh, usually a bit of laughter. Some of the, uh, the women who I work with are sort of going through or approaching that stage. So I think that's really good for them that they can say that. Yeah. But it, 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 And I think the more we are able to talk about it with employers as well, um, I think the better it is. And a lot of women talk about that um, imposter syndrome. You suddenly hit your middle age when you should be striving ahead, and then you think, oh, my gosh, I'm an imposter. This is, this is not me. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be at the stage. And i mean, hello, find me a man who thinks like that. Never. They just bluff their way through. <laughs> women, no, we are you know, plagued with self-doubt mm. when we shouldn't be. So how do you go from talking to friends and family
0: about it to bringing it up in the workplace? Here's Kate Billing again. I think not
2: enough women know enough about their own experience or what's happening to understand what to ask for in terms of support. There is some guidance being provided by organisations overseas who are ahead of us, particularly in the UK, where they are a good couple of years ahead of us on the road, if not further, not only with what's happening in workplaces, but what's happening in terms of legislation and national policy around this, like, Uh you know, the um, inclusion of menopause in sex education in schools. Um, Employment law is changing over there in terms of an employer's obligations to support women through this and what happens if they don't and a woman takes a claim against an employer. There are now several cases um, that have been through the courts in the UK What,
0: that the employer didn't take
2: into account? Yeah, that women have taken a grievance claim against an employer. And it's only a matter of time before that happens here, Mm. I would suggest. (laughs) So women need to understand, and it's not just women. So the other thing that I would, the caveat I put on the term women is that there are some transgender and non-binary people who will experience this. So whenever we say women, we mean
0: anybody who comes with the plumbing. Can you tell me about your example recently of working with the CEO who actually raised it himself yeah we're just
2: at the beginning of working together and talking with him about kind of challenges that he sees and one of the top four things he mentioned was menopause because over half his team are women and they're all of that age you know they're all 40 plus oh and my wife so I've got it happening on all fronts that's one way in which the conversation comes up, we haven't seen anything yet in terms of how, how much profile this is going to have. Menopausal women, 45 to 55 basically, is the fastest growing workforce demographic on the planet. In New Zealand, we have about 95% participation by that age
1: group wow. in our
2: workforce. Yeah, And more and more than ever of those women are in senior roles. There's a massive business case for organisations to really get on board with this in terms of retention, wellbeing, engagement, inclusion, performance, you name it. Like, I would dare an organisation to say no to doing something about this. I really do. Ignore this at your peril. It really is the new edge for women in the workplace.
1: This is the favourite part of my life so far. I love being this age. I think Women grow into themselves as we get older, we become the person we were always supposed to be. We start to feel really good about who we are, our place in the world, the contribution we've made to our community. We even start to feel really good about how we look.
0: It is such a weird thing, isn't it? Because as you say, it's an age for women where they are hitting their peak in their career, and yet there are all these really challenging things going on in their body and their mind. And I'm just wondering, I mean, for you personally, how did you cope with that? Not very well in the beginning,
2: <laughs> particularly the anxiety attacks and the insomnia and the heartburn, which was just a complete pain in the ass. You know, being in lockdown um, with my fabulous husband, um, who was trying to understand what the hell was going on, but at a time when you're trying to make some really important decisions about the direction and for your business, the shape of your business... It made those things very difficult
0: I mean did you consider yourself Kind of pulling away from work You know pulling away from the stresses Of the job because Well I couldn't I can't
2: quit my job Because I've got a business to run
0: we couldn 't do too
2: um, there were a lot of tears about the fact that that was i couldn 't do that. There was a lot of railing against the universe, shaking my fist at the sky about the unfairness of the whole thing. Why did nobody tell me how is it that I arrived in my late 40s 50, early 50s and did not know so yeah, if I could have run away and joined the circus, I would have but there 's no doubt that what it has done in terms of how we have reshaped our business and where we're going in the way we're living as well as working out the back of COVID, it has had a huge impact on those decisions. In what way? Getting high quality sleep, lowering stress and having the space to do the things that I need to do to keep my mind and body healthy
0: are now a number one priority. They come above money. Right. And interestingly, you've um, you've started up a LinkedIn group for women with menopause and yep. you've incorporated it into the into your business really. You've joined wes- that industry. Well,
2: yeah. I mean I'm not not the snake oil salesman. <laughs> um, so in terms of our business, I've been quite resistant around doing work only with women, to oh, be honest. Have you? Yeah. And it wasn't actually until this whole thing came up in my own experience that I thought, no, 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 no particularly when it comes to working with women leaders, uh, there's a whole conversation, very important conversation, that's not being had in current leadership development, either generally or specifically for women. But I reckon the 50s are a power decade for women. I reckon if we can get work out this menopause thing so that it's not impacting our lives as negatively, we are in the best positions in our lives to become the architects of lives we want, become the people we choose to be rather than the people we happen to have become because of children or jobs or partners or parents, Mm. uh, and to make the biggest contributions of our lives. But at the moment, lots of women are quietly going mad and rotting themselves off, leaving their jobs, you know downsizing things etc for a quiet life because they don't understand what's going on for them and we are missing out on their potential
0: and they are suffering individually so anna what do you think needs to happen in the workplace to make it easier for women
3: to basically hold on to their jobs i think having that flexibility and that ability to um to say this is what's happening with me at the moment uh, maybe employers need to think about you know, these are very valuable women and they need them for their organisation. I'm trying to think of that word, you know, university lecturers go off for a year on a sabbatical. That's it, sabbatical, sabbatical yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe women in high-powered jobs are, are uh, you know, entitled to have a sabbatical. Why do you think
0: that we are really the first generation of women who are able to talk about it?
3: I think the Me Too movement has got everything to do with it and and um the empowerment of women and I think it's all tied up it's uh, in in talking about this and these kind of issues we don't need to be those wallflowers we you know we don't need to put up with um sexual harassment we don't need to put up with uh being treated like second hand citizens it's our time women have the confidence now that they can Stand up and say, This is how it is for me, and deal with it. And yeah, I don't have to make excuses. Ah!
0: That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The Detail is public interest journalism funded by NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Sarah Robson produced this episode, Poik engineered it. Those funny clips you heard were from Michelle Court at last year's International Comedy Festival And that parody song was by Shirley Serban. And thanks to Kate Billing and Anna Thomas. Mate wa. My nerves are all shattered, always need to be. Hairier and fatter, manopause is battering me.